0: We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to
1: move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear.
0: It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. Happy Friday, Athletic Brewing community! Uh, before we get started in today's episode, I want to go over some a few announcements with uh, the brewery, uh, or should I say breweries, because now we have two. If you haven't heard, we're, we we started a brewery in San Diego, and we are ahead of schedule there. So we're starting to can beer. If you've seen our Instagram lately, we've been sharing updates through that. Definitely encourage you to go check it out because we've got literally cans of beers being pumped out of not only Connecticut now, but also our San Diego brewery. So we got coast to coast covered. There's going to be more beer available all over the country here soon as uh, San Diego starts cranking it out more. So for all our athletic brewing fans out there, that is pretty exciting stuff. And uh, you know getting into today's episode we know that a lot of you found us through Spartan Athletic Brewing is a big uh, partner of Spartan Races obviously with this whole thing going on you're not doing your Spartan obstacle course races right now so a lot of us are either stuck at home or trying to find creative ways to stay active or to participate in some of our events that we had signed up for and so just to offer some encouragement offer some uh, guidance and some perspective we decided to bring on the founder of Spartan uh, Joe Desina to be on the podcast today. He didn't have a ton of time, so we, it's a it's a really quick episode. But part of that is also because he's just matter of fact. He's to the point. Everything that comes out of his mouth uh, is quotable. Is inspiring. And we're, we don't even begin to do his story justice. So I would absolutely encourage you to go check out some other podcasts that he's been on because he goes a lot more into his background uh, on some of those other shows and uh, just kind of some of the early years in his life. And his just variety of experiences and challenges has been uh, has been pretty impressive. And so the, the guy's written books. He's a best-selling author. He hosts a podcast, Spartan Up. Um, I could sit here and list his accolades and his accomplishments for an hour at least, but uh, for all the Spartans out there too, uh, this is just a great treat. You get to hear from the leader of what you what you love and, and get some inspiration behind uh, the races and courses that you've enjoyed. So I know everyone's going to enjoy it. You don't have to be a, a Spartan to listen in today. So without further ado, let's uh, get into the episode. Enjoy. I'd kind of love to start with Spartan and, and know when it was for you that you wanted, you, you knew you had to
1: start Spartan. I was racing myself. I was doing crazy events around the world and um, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. And I just uh, thought to myself during like a 24 hour canoe section of a race where I had a lot of time to think um, I was going to start putting on events and I fumbled and lost a lot of money and couldn't get it to work for 10 years. And then changed the name to Spartan and figured it out.
0: Okay. Can I ask you this? You know, I, I know your background. You did a lot of these, you know, solo adventures, wilderness adventures, uh, you know, honestly, just incredible achievements. But what, what, what from that made you want to start something that was more organized and course driven? You know what I'm saying? And not those I did a ride style races
1: they didn't feel they felt those felt didn't feel like sport to me i i wanted to create a sport something that could be in the olympics i um i was intrigued with how triathlon started i don't forget for 10 years for 10 years i had been putting on crazy races and they were more like the iditarod right and i couldn't i couldn't get them to work and then what happened and then in 2010 I said, let me, let me, you know, you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. That's of insanity. And I, I said to myself, all right, change the format, change the name, make it more, um, standardized and make it a sport and try to get this thing in the Olympics.
0: So, you know, those early on days with the, uh, the death race is what it was, you know, ha- I mean, what were some of the craziest things you were having people do? And also, I mean, what was the feedback you had to make a bunch of enemies?
1: Death race was um, was crazy. The world had never seen anything like this before. They still don't. There is still nothing like death race, right? It's anything goes. It starts whenever I want. It ends whenever I want. You might show up in khakis, ready to fill out one of the uh, the waiver forms, you know, with your family. You're getting excited. You're going to have a pasta dinner, and the race starts right there, in your khakis, um, because I decided it would. And that pissed people off, right? I had them building crosses one year, wooden crosses. They had to carry the crosses up to the top of the mountain. That pissed off a bunch of religious groups. Um, oh, man. Certainly having people crawl under barbed wire for 26.2 miles um, gets some people pissed off. We had them killing um, animals uh, to eat, not, not just for sport, but, um, but they had to kill uh, a rabbit, and that obviously drove um, a lot of people crazy. But the idea behind it was less around uh, lots of show, and more around life skills. Uh, and the idea was, if you could practice adversity, if you could practice survival, if you can get yourself into a place where you're backed into a corner and it feels like there's no way out, you're going to become more proficient at that. And that's the one thing we don't practice, right? We don't practice hard times. We practice piano, we practice math, practice all kinds of shit, but we don't practice hard times. And so our mantra here, our whole ethos is you have to practice adversity you got to manufacture some adversity in your life because when it comes, when a virus shows up and we're all mandated to sit in our apartments for six or eight weeks and watch Netflix, I I say that obviously facetiously because although some people have had it really, really hard during this, and I'm not making light of that, most of us, certainly in the first world, have had it pretty damn easy. Yeah, you know, financially it hurts. Yes, it hurts businesses. It hurt my business. But um, they're not dropping bombs, right? The building next door to me didn't blow up in the middle of the night. I didn't have to see 10,000 kids escorted out of Germany to the UK to be safe. Like, so so anyway, but they're hard times and, and you got to practice hard times. And so that's, that's really what death race is.
0: Would, would you say that's why the world needed Spartan in the death race and things like that to, to practice times like this? And, and also, do you think Spartans are, I don't know, uniquely prepared to deal with stuff like this?
1: I think a rumor has it that they want to they want to go to all our seven million Spartans around the world and take the blood from Spartans and turn it into like an injection, like a vaccine injection for everybody else. Apparently, the Spartans, the Spartans are just tougher, tougher, more rugged and uh, indestructible. But but no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I mean, uh, listen, in Israel, right, you've got to go in and do your time in the military in many cultures for. Uh, a thousand years on this planet we would have rites of passage we don't have them anymore and and we did that uh to prepare people for adulthood and we don't we don't do that anymore the ancient spartans by the way the ancient spartans you're talking about 13 years of training right i got two kids with me now two 21 year olds their parents sent me that want to be you know they want them cleaned up and trained and um these kids out here and they're saying to me oh i I don't know if I could do two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. You guys have been messing around making poor decisions for eight years. You can't do two weeks. So yes, the world needs Spartan and, um, or some form of, of manufactured adversity. So
0: you say you tried for years, 10 years to, to really get this thing going. It, It had to feel somewhat successful before then. And if not, I mean, what what, what drove you to, to try for so long, man? That's a long time of your life for something to constantly fail.
1: I just loved it. You know, I you know, you you look at Thomas Edison, right? I mean, he, he was banging his head against the wall for nine hundred plus attempts at making a light bulb that didn't work. Nine hundred like it wasn't like the third one worked, right? He's sitting there for years trying to get a light bulb to work. Why did he keep doing it? You believe in something you get, you know, you get really focused on it, extremely excited. And it's usually people that, that have obsess, obsessive compulsive disorders, right? We get addicted to things and, and many people get addicted to the wrong things. They obsess over the wrong things. Right. And so I'm lucky. Um, you're, you guys are lucky. You get obsessed about things that are healthy and things that are good. And if you could, if you could put all your energy and focus on that, even even during the dark times and it's like, shit, I'm still losing money. This is not working. I'm, I'm five years into this, but you're still obsessed with it. You're tweaking it and you're trying to get it right. Those people eventually win.
0: Is that part of your principle to, to choose a path and then stick to it?
1: I'm pretty stubborn. I do stick to gas. I mean, the idea, the idea, the principle we talk about is commitment. And it's not just like a loose commitment, like a modern day commitment. It's um, it's not a social media commitment. It's a it's a real commitment. It's the kind of commitment that the Japanese monks in Mount Hiei in Japan, right? They commit for 100 days of marathons wearing sandals or robe, shave their head. They do 100 days in a row. And once they complete the 100 days, they do 800 more days. Only this time they carry a sword and a rope. And if they quit, they've got to kill themselves. It's that kind of commitment. Now, there are times where you're supposed to pivot, right? Ed Vister's famous American mountain climber says getting to the top is optional. Getting down is mandatory. So there are times in a blizzard, you're 100 meters from the top of Everest that you're supposed to pivot, turn around and come down. But that's dictated by what your passion, what your true north is, what your purpose is in life. And the example of the mountain climber, right, and then we can go through Elon Musk or or um or any any great inventor, Thomas Edison, uh, et cetera, but in the case of um that mountain climber climbing Everest, if their true north is to be the greatest family man or woman that ever lived, be the greatest mom that ever lived, and a snowstorm rolls in hundred meters from the peak, they turn around. They come down because their true north isn't being the greatest mountain climber in the world. But if they're if they're single and they're solely focused on setting the world record, and this is their only window to do it and the storm rolls in they probably go for it. Live or die. They probably go for it. What's his name? Alex Honnold, right? Mm-hmm. Alex Honnold, a little, little crazy, free solo. It's a little crazy, but he's got a different true North than you and I. So, so you, 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 sit, you set your path, you commit like nobody's business and then you pivot according to your true North. You, can you,
0: can you summarize your true North?
1: Hmm. I just want to help people. I want to, I want to change a hundred million lives. I made a deal with God. I got a free pass to heaven if I could change a hundred million. Lives. It doesn't <laughs> matter what I did in my life. So I got a free pass and that's my deal.
0: hundred million lives, getting a hundred million people off, off their couches, creating the Spartan lifestyle. That's the goal. C- can you go through maybe one or two of the biggest
1: roadblocks bo- you've had with building Spartan to where it is today? Money, 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 money. I mean, when you try to grow When you try to grow into 45 countries as quickly as we did, um, and then we bought our competitor Tough Mudder, I mean, you just can't have enough capital for this business. So that was that was the
0: the the single biggest roadblock. Did you think that moving away from Wall Street and getting kind of into a more rural area, a little more space, was was crucial to this whole journey for you?
1: I think I I think it would have been tough to build this business if I was living in New York. I think the fact that we set up on this farm. Uh, with the family, I think that really changed things and and helped me help me kind of realign my values and things I wanted to focus on in life. No doubt, no doubt about it. And then having the children here, I think I think it's so so easy to get caught up in being a hamster wheel in in a city.
0: You know, just with with building Spartan and where it is today, what what, what have been some of your favorite successes, or maybe a, a story you heard from one of the Spartans, or something that just made you realize like this is absolutely the right path that i chose
1: oh my god i get stories every single day i mean they're unbelievable um i'm back with my husband i'm back with my wife i lost 200 pounds i i quit my job i started new, my, the, the, the single best craziest story was a new york city firefighter ex ex-marine or ex-military i believe it was was marine um went into a dark place ptsd had a, had a revolver pointed at his head was pulling the trigger and remembered that he had a Spartan race coming up the following weekend. So decided not to do it. Jeez. And, um, and, and so I, uh, I told him, I said, you got free races on us the rest of your life. I, I, I never, I never want to hear that you didn't have a reason to not pull the trigger. You can, I'm giving you all the reasons to, aside from the obvious ones of your family and friends and everything else. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's stories like that, that are just unbelievable.
0: The amount of purpose you're living with, man. That's, 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 that's awesome. You get chills. You know, it it does give you chills listening to some of the things you've heard and, and doing some of the things you've done. And I heard you say one time, you know, you, you approach things with this shotgun approach. You just kind of shoot everything at the wall and see what sticks. And it's it, Spartan seems to have its hands in so many different things. Is that just kind of from your mind, kind of your efforts to just push in all these different directions and see which one starts to lead somewhere?
1: I'm a big believer in fire ready aim rather than ready, aim, fire. I think ready, aim, fire is like old school, made sense 100 years ago when you had a musket and a couple of bullets in your pouch and gunpowder and it took you three minutes to load a new, a new round, right? And, and today with social media and the world is so fast and we, we get information in seconds, you should be firing every shot you can. And, and you fire, and you uh, take a look, get ready, and then you make adjustments and, and, and hone in on aiming after you have fired. Because you could sit around and do analysis paralysis and never, and never get anything done. So I'm a big believer in, in taking shots and uh, losing fast if you're going to lose and then, and then really pouring gasoline on the winners.
0: Is there any sort of aspect of that that you you enjoy the most, kind of within Spartan? I know you do the podcast. You you guys just do so many things. Is there something you particularly,
1: I don't know, enjoy? I love running the races. <laughs> how, how often <laughs> do
0: you get out there and run them?
1: Not enough. No, I wish, I wish, I wish they gave me a different job. I wish all I had to do was go test the courses. Me and my family. That would be awesome. Man, got you got, you got a lot old.
0: more to do nowadays. I know. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, what I mean what can you share a little bit about like what your day does look like? I've heard you say, you know, you get a, it's non-stop calls, non-stop interviews, non-stop this and that. Is that I mean is that true still today?
1: 4:20 a.m. the alarm goes off. Uh, I'm up, drinking my Spartan tea. I'm heading into the barn, doing my first workout, which is mostly pull-ups and um, and I got this bat that I that I use and some toe touches up to the bar leg ups, then I do a 5.30 a.m. warrior call, a bunch of people on around the world, <clears throat> then I do a 6 a.m. live workout, then I wake the kids up, go up the mountain for their workout, come down the mountain, do an 8 a.m. live workout, and then the phone calls start, and all the craziness starts, emails, phone calls, podcasts, you name it, and then uh, I had a streak of, I think, what we have, John, a streak of three days, we went up the mountain on mountain bikes later in the day, a fifth workout, <laughs> I got... I, I skipped a few days. I gotta get back out there. I'm slacking.
0: Can you slacking is not slacking to, to a lot of the rest of us. I, and so I, I hear you go to bed early. Don't stay up too late.
1: Oh my god! I think last night I fell asleep at seven fifteen. Oh And I and I, 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 I could have slept. I could have slept more. But but yesterday I did a lot. Yesterday I was up the mountain twice. We started in the morning with a bang with 300 burpees. It was it was a crazy morning.
0: You know, here at Athletic Brewing, we're obviously pursuing a crazy idea, which is non-alcoholic craft beer. And I know with Bill, our founder, I mean, you know, people just making fun of them left and right saying, this is never going to work. What are you, what are you talking about? That's like weed that doesn't get you high. You know, we hear the jokes all the time, but people are, that wouldn't return our calls before are now starting to call us back and say, Hey, I'd I'd like some more. I'd like to try more. I'd like to sell more. And, you you know, what kind of advice do you have for people who are maybe pursuing something crazy, but everyone around them discouraging them from doing it, but maybe they feel in their heart, it is the right thing to do and they want to pursue it. What kind of advice or motivation can you share with folks on that path?
1: I mean, almost all advancements, you know, every time we leapfrog as a, as a global um, community with any, any kind of advancement, it's usually something that someone is doing that the uh, rest of us are fighting, I guess, ridiculous. So I think when you hear that, When you hear a community pushing back, that fires me up, right? Spartan race, what? People are going to pay you to go under barbed wire, throw spears, get uncomfortable, get dirty. It doesn't make any sense. Why would, uh, when I hear something like that, I I get more fired up. Like, I think I'm onto something. I definitely, I definitely don't like to follow the crowd. So I'm, I, I say stick with it.
0: You know, you you are really driven. You seem just very driven naturally. W- what what do you say to people who maybe are a little more laid back in their demeanor but want to pursue something? You know, I I know you come across people that ain't as intense as you every day. Can you manufacture this kind of intensity, or is it something that that is mostly natural?
1: I think you could. De- I think you could develop. it. I mean, I grew up in a neighborhood that was full of you know hardworking people, and so you um. You're around that environment, and that's what you become. My kids have been on the farm here 53 days straight. We've been hiking up the mountain every single morning. It just becomes part of your fabric, part of your ethos. That's what you do. Then I start making them carry weights, right? And so, if if your par- if your parents woke up late and watched TV all day and smoked cigarettes and didn't get anything done, you're you're modeling for your kids how they should be. So, and, you know, it's not foolproof. Some people are just wired, hyperactive, whatever, but but the environment definitely drives kids to act and behave and have certain values and beliefs in a, in a certain way. And I grew up around a bunch of people that hustled. So I hustle now. I think I also have the hyperactive gene. Um, so that's a, a double dose, but um, I think you could develop it.
0: So where, where would you like to see Spartan in, in, in 10 years from now?
1: Definitely in the Olympics. How's that a process going for you? It's going to be a nightmare. I mean, it's just a long, bureaucratic, drawn-out process. But, but we'll keep working and we'll try to get it done. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be easier or harder. But, but I was told it's just it's it is what it is. And so um, that we go back to that original thing you and I spoke of commitment, right? If we're committed, we're going to fight through until until we get in the Olympics.
0: Awesome. Well, Joe, I I got a couple rapid-fire questions I'd love to ask you. Sure. All right. So so rapid fire question one, what are three things you would take with you on a desert island if you were there for a year?
1: Three things. If I was on a desert island for a year, I'd have to bring a couple of books. I'd bring uh, Shogun. I'd bring Atlas Shrugged. Probably bring Cain and Abel. I'd bring Adrift by Stephen Callahan. Um, maybe Fountainhead. All right. So I'd bring a bunch of books if, if that was allowed. Okay. I'd... I'd bring um a giant truck maybe a truckload of eggplant parmesan that's my weakness. Okay, all right. <laughs> and um and my kettlebell. That's it. Books, eggplant parm and a kettlebell.
0: Hey, speaking of which, one of our uh my friends, the guy that set this up actually said the only time he met you you were carrying a boulder around like you know about the size of a football. Yeah. What is that about?
1: Um, I just like carrying something Then you put it down, you, you get to relax. So it's like my burden, carry a little weight around. And then, um, I don't know, it makes the rest of the day easy when you put it down. So I've been carrying it for God, a long time.
0: You're still carrying it then.
1: Yeah, I have, um, that's an ancient kettlebell. I think your friend's probably referring to, um, but I got a regular kettlebell, um, as well. The ancient kettlebell cracked. So it's sitting in the office, uh, dealt, dealt. No, British Airways lost it in Spain. They finally found it. By the time I got it, it had a crack in it. So,
0: Wow, you, last, you lasted longer than it did. That's right.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, so what would you say,
0: you know, you talked about your kids being your proudest achievement and also the amount of people. Would you say there's any sort of achievement outside of that that you're especially proud of? I know you've done just a ton of events, ton of different races, biked across America, stuff like that. Just my four kids you know i i've got a a, a little one my, my 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 first one turns my only one actually turns a year old next week and man it's been a crazy year definitely makes me want more before man
1: that's a lot you got it. you got to um you got one shot right we got one shot at this it it is fun i mean you could argue there's too many kids that are you know foster kids or whatever but i don't know i'm selfishly i love having the kids around so so
0: what would you say is your proudest achievement within spartan
1: My proudest achievement. I think it's the lives changed. I think it's the number of lives changed.
0: Which is up to how many millions now?
1: 7 million. 93 million to go if you could let your friends know.
0: Okay, I'll tell them. I've only got about three friends, so I don't know how far that'll go. (laughs) What would you say is your biggest curiosity that isn't Spartan, isn't your kids that maybe you don't talk about a lot or people don't know a lot about you?
1: I, I, they probably can figure this out, but I'm not very um, warm and fuzzy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not into hugging and stuff. That's not my thing. I just like to work. Okay. My wife, my, my wife says it's a shortfall, but I don't
0: know. Hey, it's, it's, it's working for you. It is what it is. Is there a health tip that you, you practice every day? You know, besides working out, maybe something small that you do.
1: Burly drink uh two big glasses of room temperature water right away flush out flush out the system make sure you sweat every single day sweat burpees are a great way to get there fast ice cold shower and then don't eat don't eat late so try to try to finish eating dinner by 5 or 6 p.m. don't eat after that
0: now, now do you have a hobby that uh you know is maybe something personal to you that you don't do for work just just for pleasure or just for enjoyment emails all I do is email. That's your hobby. Then. I don't know if
1: I love them. I do them all day. That's
0: it. <laughs> all right. So, so what advice do you have for folks to live without
1: compromise? I think you got to decide who you want to be, where you want to go in life and write it down. Once you figure that out, then uh, you work backwards from there and say to yourself, these are the things I'm going to do on a daily basis that get me closer to that goal. If your goal is to be, again, the greatest dad ever, i well, spending with your kids. If your goal is to be the healthiest person ever, how much time you working on your health and wellness, right? If you want to be fit, what are you eating in the kitchens? So work backwards from the goal.
0: Well, Joe, man, I really appreciate you joining us for Without Compromise and talking to Athletic Brewing. We love being a part of the Spartan family. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. You're awesome. Take care. All right. Thank you, Joe. Bye. Well, there you have it. That was Joe Decina, founder of Spartan I encourage you to check out more of what he's doing at Spartan.com. You can also look up Spartan on any social media platform. Uh, you can listen to Spartan Up, the Spartan Up podcast, which Joe hosts and interviews people from all over the world. And check out some of his best selling books at slash books. Thanks for joining us and keep getting out there and living without compromise.